All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 18. Genesis 18. I like those hymn stories. In fact, I love those hymn stories. They're just, uh, they really, they give you a, another perspective, another dimension, I guess you'd say, uh, to, the, to the song. And I did not realize, and you know, I, I think you'd be surprised at how many of the uh, songwriters uh, in, our, in our hymnal uh, had connections with this area. Uh, there's, there's quite a few of them, and uh, I think you'd find it, find it quite interesting. But uh, I like those stories. All right, book of Genesis, chapter 18. This is a passage that in one, one way or another, I have probably referred to this passage more on Father's Day than uh, any other passage about fathers in, 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 uh, in the Scripture. It's one of my favorite passages. In fact, it is my favorite uh, overall when it comes to fathers and uh, how a person can be the kind of father that God would have them to be. And it goes back to, to Father Abraham. Uh, in, the, in the Scriptures, Abraham in uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 6 is called the father of us all, uh, meaning that he was the father of faith. Now, of course, he was the beginning of the Jewish nation, the beginning of Israel, and he was the one that was given the promise, the national promise, how that, uh, that the seed would come forth from him and would be a blessing, really, to the, to the entire world. And, uh, uh, but but uh, he's also known in the New Testament as the father of us all, the father of our faith, because he was a man who just simply trusted and believed in God. Let's all, let's all uh, stand together, if you would. Genesis chapter 18, if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. We'll look at verses 16 down through 19. It says, uh, it says, And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Now, Abraham had already been on his journey. He had taken a lot with him, which he wasn't supposed to do. He was supposed to leave all his family. The two of them departed. But uh, he gave Lot first, first choice. He pitched his tent towards Sodom and eventually ended up in it. And Sodom uh, just morally continued to go could, to go downhill. And God is getting ready to, to absolutely uh, fry Sodom and, and Gomorrah. And uh, he's, uh, he's approaching Abraham about this. In verse, verse 17, again, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great man and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Again, going back to the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12. Verse 19 says, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask God that you, you would guide and direct as we take a look at Abraham and what he did in order for, for God to say, even before he had children, that he would be a good father and that he would be a father that would lead and guide and direct his family toward you. And uh, Lord, we pray 
Father, that you would speak to the hearts of, of us as dads this morning, but not just dads. All of us, uh, Lord, need to understand that the kind of faith that Abraham had and the kind of walk that Abraham had is the kind of walk that we can have today. And we can be close to you just like Abraham was close to you. And Lord, there's tremendous rewards in walking with the Savior. Uh, Father, you gave him the title of being a friend of God. Well, that, that, that was not, it's not unique with him and him alone. Any one of us can get just that close to you if we desire. So, God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts during this message and help us to see what is necessary for us to be the kind of people that you'd have us to be for you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Back, back years ago, I think it was in the, the 80s and the 90s, there was a, there was a, a slogan, a commercial, <clears throat> that uh, the uh, United States uh, Army had. And the, the, the slogan was very simple. It was just, be all that you can be. In other words, live to your potential. And of course, the idea was, if you go into the Army, we'll teach you to do that, etc., etc. But the, but the thought there is a good thought. Be all that you can be as a dad, as a father. God expects you to be all that you can be. Now, he does not expect you to be somebody or something that you're not, that he has not equipped you to be. But what he has equipped you with, he expects you to, to take those gifts, those talents, those abilities, the mind that he's given you, the life that he's given you, and, and use it to be the very best father that you could possibly be for, for him. Um, you know, uh, how, can a, how can a dad uh, be all that he can be? How can a dad be the, the best possible father that he can be? Um, that really should be a goal of every one of us as fathers, everyone that stood this morning, myself included. You say, yeah, but Pastor, your, your kids are, are grown, they're living lives of their own. Yeah, I understand that, but I'm still a father, and you're still a father, and some of you are, are still in the, the, the nurturing uh, stages of fatherhood. And uh, we're all at different levels, at different, different stages, but the requirement's the same, and that's for us to be what we can be for God so that we can be the kind of father that God would have us to be. God's, God's desire and God's design is for us as dads to, to be the very best dad that we can be for the Lord Jesus Christ, number one, but then number two also for our children. And, and the background of, of uh, Abraham's life at this point is that, uh, as I said before, a lot is living in Sodom. And God's pondering uh, whether he should, should uh, let Abraham know what he's about to do in Sodom and Gomorrah. He's about to level both of those cities. And, and God lets Abraham know because of the kind of man that he is, he gives him, he makes him privy to some, some information that no one else knew. Much of that decision that God made was based upon how good of a father that Abraham would be. But understand something, okay? He was not a father yet. But he knew the kind of man he was. He knew the character he was. He knew that, that Abraham had a desire to be as close to God 
as he possibly could be. Uh, Isaac wasn't, wasn't even born yet. Uh, he w- was not even in existence. And, and yet God, God looked at Abraham and said, this man is going to lead his family well. So there's, there are evidently some elements and there's some aspects of being a good dad that we can see in the life of Abraham uh, that uh, made him be the very best dad he could possibly be for God and for his children and for his family. And, and even if you're not a dad, uh, you ought to have a desire. And the, the desire ought to be to be the best that you can be, the best, be all that you can be with all of the resources that God has given you for the Lord Jesus Christ. So th- let's take a look at this verse. And this verse has got six different things in it that, that points to the fact that, that uh, uh, Abraham did what he could with what he had in order to be the right kind of dad, the right kind of husband, the right kind of father and leader in the family. Very first thing, that, that God says about Abraham in verse 19. It says, for I know him. Now, not only did, did God know Abraham, but because Abraham responded properly, Abraham knew God. And he trusted God and believed him when he spoke, when, when he was over in, in Genesis 12, and he called him out of his homeland. Uh, he did not give him a destination. He did not tell him how long he was going to be gone. He did not give him details of the trip. He just said, pick up your tent pegs and, and uh, get your belongings, bring your immediate family, and I'm going to take you on a journey. And he just simply trusted God. Um, so number one, you've got to, you've got to have that, that initial trust in God. You've got to know Christ as your personal Savior. You need to know for sure as a, as a dad that, uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, that, that he has saved your soul, that he's forgiven you of all your sins and given you eternal life. Uh, Abraham was, not only did he know God, but God knew him. And it's, it said that he was a, a friend of God. You know, do you, in order to get to that level, you've got to know God personally. You've got to spend time with him. And as a father, that is so vitally important. We need to be saved and we need to be faithful. We need to, to do all that we can to, to uh, nourish that relationship that we have with God. And that means spending time with God. That means spending time in prayer. That means spending time reading his word and being familiar with it. But first and foremost... The thing that was important in the life of, and in the life of Abraham that made him a good father, was that he knew God. And secondly, he not only knew God, but he took responsibility for his family. Notice the, the next part of the verse says that he will command. It says he will command his children and his household after him. It said he would command his his children and his household. He would take responsibility for being a dad in the family, and he'd lead them in the right direction. Uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, is a statement by Joshua about his family. And he simply said this, he said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made a commitment. 
he made a determination and he said, look it, our, our household is going to be known as a household that serves God. It's something that as a father, we have to, we have to make that determination. We have to make that commitment. It's, it's important, obviously, as, as uh, dads to provide for our family. Uh, we need to, to provide uh, food and clothes and, and welfare, uh, health, all, all those things to the best of our ability. We need to take care of our family. But if that's basically all you do, you failed miserably as a father. Because what God expects us to do as a father is to direct our, our homes, direct not just our, our, our children, but also our wives, our families, to, to serve the Lord and to, to do right and, and to, to glorify God uh, in, in the home. Keep your finger here and go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, God is preparing Israel to go into the promised land. And he's telling them the things that are absolutely necessary in order to be ready to do what God has commissioned them to do by taking over the land in the promised land that he had said that he already gave to them if they just take it. In Deuteronomy 6, I want you to look at verses 4 through 7 with me. And this is, this is the, the commandment that God gave to Israel. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Now that's the, that's the, 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 the first and the great commandment, is to, to love God, to have a relationship with him. But then notice what he says in verses 6 and 7. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and, and shalt talk of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. In, in other words, uh, they're supposed to uh, be personally responsible for the, the spiritual welfare of their family. And, and uh, don't, don't leave the spiritual leadership in the home to the wife. Uh, so many times you see this in Christian homes where the dad says, well, I'm supposed to provide and you're supposed to take care of the kids spiritually. No, 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 no. It starts with dad. Dad has to have a personal relationship with God himself. And then secondly, he has to be committed to leading and guiding the family uh, in truth. Uh, children don't raise themselves. Don't leave the raising of your children to, uh, to outside sources. Uh, the worst babysitters in the world are computers and televisions. Those are horrible babysitters, okay? Uh, you need to, as dads, decide what comes into the home, what does not come into the home. You need to decide uh, uh, what your children will be entertained with and what they won't. Uh, it, it is your responsibility, and we need to, as dads, we need to encourage our children spiritually, and we need to do so daily. And that's what this is talking about. It says, listen, when you're walking, when you're standing, when you're laying down, when you're getting up, whatever you're doing, you need to relate it to, to, to God and to spiritual things so that your children see that, you, that there is a connect 
between spirituality and everyday life. One of the, one of the things that I think is, is, is often frustrating is when uh, people have a, a hard time connecting what is in the Bible with what they experience on a day-to-day basis. I'll give you an example. I've, I've had this happen before. Uh, and I can't remember a specific incident, and it's good because I don't want to. I don't want to think of a person that's connected to it. But I've seen this happen. Uh, either myself or someone else gets up and preaches on a particular subject, like uh, preach on anger and what the Bible says about anger. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, and vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And on and on it goes. You get all done with the message, you give the invitation, people come to the altar, and then after the service, you walk out into the hallway, and there's somebody absolutely screaming and ripping the face off of another church member. I don't mean literally, but I mean with their words. And uh, uh, although there's been one or two times I've seen the literal, unfortunately, but, uh, but either way, uh, you look at that thing and say, whoa, wait a minute, hang on, it's done. Don't you, don't you remember what was just preached just moments ago? And there's no connect. That's the job that you and I as fathers have, is to help our kids connect the dots and, and to, to uh, uh, see how life relates to Scripture and, and uh, how God is, is intricately connected with our day-to-day living. And that's, a, that's a job that, that dad has to do. They should see dad as a, as a good spiritual advisor. Uh, one of the things that as fathers you need to be doing, and I hope you are, uh, I hope you're, you're, you're spending time throughout the week teaching your children the Word of God. Now, the, what we used to call it is family devotions. You call it whatever you want to. Family devotions, family altar, whatever. You say, well, uh, I don't know that I could do it every week. Listen, uh, or every, every night. Listen, if you do it one to three times a week, it will probably be more than most people do it all. Just make sure it gets done. And there's all kinds of resources out there that you can use. You say, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not this. I'm not, not that. Uh, listen, when, when I got saved, I got saved out of an unsaved family. To my knowledge, and again, I, I, I don't know, but to my knowledge, as far as I know, none of my immediate family, my father, my mother, my stepsister, my, uh, my, my brother, and then their families, none of them have ever been saved, as far as I know. I've witnessed to them, but they've not trusted Christ as Savior. Um, I knew nothing about being a Christian dad. I mean, absolutely zero. I'm glad I married the woman that I did, because she was raised in a, in a Christian home, in a preacher's home, and she, she knew that stuff growing up. And so she helped me tremendously but it wasn't her responsibility to put the spiritual emphasis in the home. That's my responsibility. And as a dad, that's your responsibility. And, and you need to take that responsibility seriously and spend time with your kids. You put them all, you know, you do it at, different, at whatever time works for you. I've, I've, I've heard uh, quite a few families that say, yeah, well, you know what we do? First thing, early in the morning, you know, six o'clock, we gather around the, the uh, breakfast table 
and uh, we have family devotions. I'll tell you what, man. If, if, if I gathered my family around the breakfast table at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'd be half asleep. That would, that would not work for me. For some of you, that works great. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, spend time with your family uh, in the Word of God. And uh, it, it, is, it, it is an absolute essential. Why? Well, because God has made you the spiritual leader in the home, and you need to do that. Um, you need to know where your children are spiritually. Now, I, I realize, you know, because my kids are all older, uh, you know, my, my, our youngest is in her 30s already, and, and uh, when, we were, when they were growing up, we thought they were at a particular level. I found out since then that they were in a much lower level than what I thought they were at the time. Uh, they, uh, there were things that they were getting away with that I didn't know about at the time. Uh, and that's true with all of our kids, every, every single one of them. But can I tell you this? We made an effort. Uh, we were committed uh, we decided we didn't want kids to turn out for the devil. We wanted kids to turn out for God. And, and you have to do what, what Joshua did, say, as, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve God. And uh, you need to know where your kids are spiritually. You need to know what their character is. You need to know how much virtue they have and what areas need to be worked on. And that's your responsibility to, to take that spiritual responsibility for your family. Then the third thing we find in this verse, that it says, uh, it says in verse 19, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. It says after him. You know what that means? That means that he led by example. And uh, uh, you, you lead, you don't dictate. If you lead properly, you don't have to dictate. Uh, the, the, the whole adage of do as I, I say and not as I do just doesn't cut it. doesn't cut it at all. Uh, most homes today are places, and I'm talking Christian homes. A lot of Christian homes are this way. They're places of, of tension, of turmoil, of yelling and screaming. It ought not to be that way. And again, dads, it's up to you to set that spiritual temperature in the home. We, we, need, we need men who will lead by example and will say, listen, I expect this kind of behavior from, from you, and I will exhibit it personally in my life. Um, those that have been the biggest influence on me over, over the years since I've, since I've trusted Christ as Savior, saved people, saved men in particular, are those that, that have uh, uh, exhibited the uh, uh, and shown to me uh, through their lives uh, how I ought to behave and how I ought to live. Um, you know, if you, if you're an angry dad, you're going to produce angry kids. If if you're a lazy dad, you're gonna you're gonna produce lazy kids. If uh, if you are a uh, an irresponsible dad. You're going to produce irresponsible kids. Um, that's just that's just the the truth. Um, I, I have had the opportunity to to watch, and, and usually where you where you learn the most from others that you're watching, 
You, you learn from them in difficult situations. And when difficult situations come into your family, let me tell you, your kids are going to be watching you like a hawk. And they, they are, are, are looking to see if what you say you believe influences the way that you live. And, and it ought to. Uh, you know, when, when difficult times come, when money gets short, when, when uh, sickness comes into the family, when there are contentions in the, in the home or outside of the home, how you handle those things uh, will be, I, I believe, will be integrally connected with how close you are to God, but it will also have a tremendous influence on your kids. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church, and he told them this. He says, be followers of me, even as I also am a follower of Christ. Uh, I, you know, we, we uh, show what to do by what we do. And, and people, people uh, want us to, to, to lead by example in, in our families for sure desire that. Then the next thing that we find is that uh, it's, it's, it's important to be consistent. It says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Um, uh, in order to be the best possible dad that you can possibly be, uh, it, re it requires some faithfulness. Uh, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, It is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. That just simply means be consistent, be regular. Uh, be regular in your, in, in your personal time with prayer. Be regular in your personal time with, with the Bible. Be regular in your commitments. Uh, be consistent. And anybody, anybody can talk a good talk, but it takes consistency to be the kind of example that we need to be. Let them see you uh, be a witness. Uh, let them see you pass out tracks. Let them see, you know, one of the things that I just, I absolutely love around here, uh, come visitation time, when we have door-to-door -door in, the, in the summertime, oftentimes many of our, our families come together as a family, and we see young people out on the streets, and they're going out with mom and dad. Man, that's fantastic. That's tremendous. Uh, why? Because, because they're seeing that consistency. They're saying that, you know, you say that you love the Lord, you say you care about, about souls. Well, let me show you that I care, and let me bring you with me. And uh, uh, that's, that's a good influence. Uh, be regular in the church services. Man, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. People think they can hop, skip, and jump in church services and not reap it in their families. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you just... You're going, to, you're going to reap problems, uh, inconsistency. If you, if you, by your lack of attendance, uh, are telling your kids that you know, church is really kind of a secondary thing, they're, they're going to take it even less seriously than you are. Uh, I heard a, I heard a uh, uh, saying back years ago, what parents do in moderation, the children do in excess. 
And, and that, that's speaking about things that, you know, are, are bad habits and not things that we ought to do. What you may do moderately, your children will take that, that moderation and take it a step further even than you will. And so that's why it's very important to be, to be consistent. Uh, you need to keep commitments. When you make a commitment, keep it. Um, when, when a dad is inconsistent in his commitments, when a dad promises things, and then we've all done it, but when we, when we on a regular basis promise things that we don't follow through on, what, what we are is we're a horrible representative of God. And understand that, that children get their viewpoint of what God is like from fathers, from us. And they look at us, and that's what they figure that God is like. God is not inconsistent. He's, if he makes a promise, he's going to come through with his promise. And we need to come through with ours as well. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 Apostle Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. In other words, he was consistent. Um, he wasn't up and down in his devotion to God. He was consistent with it. And then the, the next thing that we notice in this passage, it says, it says this of Abraham. It says, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Uh, as a dad, you need to be interested in righteousness in doing right, and in your kids doing right. You are the, dads, you are the guardians of righteousness in your home. And uh, you are the one that need to keep a check on them spiritually. And you're the one that needs to be the one to confront them when they do wrong. Uh, be concerned about, obviously, salvation in your family. Uh, that, that your kids come to know Christ as Savior. Uh, be concerned about the filling of the Holy Spirit in your family. Um, I, I find this interesting. In Ephesians, which is one of the, the key passages we find of the filling of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5, and verse 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. And then it goes on and shows what the results will be, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, etc., etc. And, and for, right from there, it goes immediately into a husband-wife relationship, and then in the next chapter, it dovetails right into the family. I believe the most important place, to first and foremost, to make sure that you're filled with the Spirit of God is in your home. And that your children are filled with the Spirit of God and are walking with God. Uh, that, that ought to be your desire. And again, it starts with the dad, uh, with the dads. It, uh, we need to have a burden for souls. Um, we need to have a burden for, for just doing what's right. Uh, justice is, is simply doing what is right, not necessarily what is fair. You hear that, that, uh, that word being tossed around an awful lot in society today. Well, the, this isn't fair. That isn't fair. That's really not the issue. The issue is not is it or is it not fair, but is it or is it not right? And then it talks about judgment. Judgment has to do with discernment. And, and that's a responsibility that we have as fathers. We need to keep worldly influences out of the home, things that would... Things that would hurt our children, things that would damage our kids. We need to be aware of those things and be interested in righteousness. 
And then the, the, the last element that's necessary for us as fathers to be all that we can be. Uh, look at the last part of the verse. It says, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Be a blessing. Have a desire to be a blessing. Don't look so much at getting a blessing as you are in being a blessing. The, the, to, to be the best dad that you can possibly be is, is, would be by being a concerned about more concerned about being a blessing than you are about getting a blessing. And Solomon could have asked as an example for, for anything. He could have asked for riches. God told him, you ask whatever it is that you lack in order to be king. You ask it, I'll give it to you. He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for, for power. He could have asked for authority. He could have asked for all kinds of things. You know what he asked for? He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom. He asked for understanding. And because he knew that the wisdom and the understanding that he had would be able to be a blessing and help to others. And that's the mindset that we ought to have. Uh, being a blessing is going to cost you. It's not cheap to be a blessing. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you effort. It's going to cost you desire. Uh, but it's going to reap great benefits. Um, one, of the, one of the worst uh, examples uh, that a father can be is a, is a father who is just always concerned about himself more than he is his kids. And though, I, though as far as I know, I, I did not have a, a, a saved dad, my dad was more concerned about us than he was about himself. And that's one thing that I'm so thankful. He really taught me through example. Uh, my dad was very concerned about his family. He was concerned that our needs were met. I, honestly, at Christmas time, he didn't care if he got anything. But he wanted to give, and he was a giver. Uh, when it came to birthdays, he didn't care. Uh, if he, got a, if he got, got a card, he was thrilled to death with a card. Uh, that's, that's really all he wanted. But he wanted to be uh, a help and a blessing to his family. Um, that's the kind of attitude we, have, we, we ought to have. Uh, you were put here as a dad to meet their needs. They were not put here to meet yours. That's, our, that's just our responsibility. Uh, don't be known for... for uh, first and foremost, how others have been a blessing to you, or even how God has been a blessing to you. Be known for how you can be a blessing to others. That, that was one of the, the things that was in the Abrahamic co uh, covenant and the Abrahamic promise, that, that uh, he would be and his seed would be a blessing to all nations. That ought to be your desire as a father. Is, is to be a blessing to everybody that you come in contact with. Obviously, first and foremost, it ought to be your family. And then after your family, others. But first and foremost, your family. So how can we be the best dads or the best Christian that you could possibly be? First of all, be saved. And, and, and have that strong faith in Christ. And... And have that strong personal relationship with your God. Secondly, take responsibility for the spiritual well-being of your home. Uh, pray with your family. Uh, be a blessing to your family. 
uh, lead and guide and direct your family in spiritual things. Third thing is to, to lead your family in, in, in just in all areas. Be the leader. Don't expect your family to do what you're not willing to do yourself. Be consistent, and particularly in your walk with Christ. And they can tell. Just like you can tell when your kids are skipping a beat in their Christian walk, they can tell when you are too. Be interested in doing right. And, and make, make that the most important thing in your life is that right will be done. Not just necessarily fairness or what looks good, but what's right. And then last of all, have a desire. And that desire ought to be to be a blessing in everything that you do. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6 says, The glory of children are their fathers. That's a tremendous responsibility. And we need to be all that we can be as fathers for God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray and thank you that you have always been a good father to me. Since the day I got saved many years ago, I got no complaints. You have definitely been the example of what kind of a father I'm supposed to be and what kind of a father all of us should be. I am thankful, Lord, that you have led us and guided us and directed us as our father. You provided for us. You've been consistent. When you say yay, you mean yay. And when you say nay, you mean nay. And we can always depend upon your word. Lord, help us to be fathers that are like that. Help us, God, to be fathers like Abraham was. And Lord, whether, whether we're fathers or not, those particular things were things that he did long before he even had Isaac. He already was that way. And it's important for all of us to have those elements in our lives so that we can be all that we can be for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, please speak to our hearts this morning. Maybe there's an area that needs to be shored up. Maybe there's a sin that needs to be confessed. God, I pray that you get a hold of our hearts this morning and help us to see that we have a tremendous responsibility before others, whether we're a father or not. Lord, we all are responsible, first of all, before you, and secondly, before others. God bless this invitation. Work in our hearts, and as you speak to our hearts, we'll say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.